Praise the Lord. I, I hope I don't wake everyone up at the same time this morning. Amen. We're going to have church. Praise God. I really feel like God has put something on my heart today. Amen. And I really want the message to come across. I know what I want to say. I know what I'm feeling. And I sure hope this, this ignorant flesh of mine can get it across. Amen. The way that I desire it to and the way I feel that God wants it to get across today. Amen. I don't want to waste the service. Praise God. I don't want to waste an opportunity. And uh, I do believe that uh, what we have today, uh, what God wants to tell you. And I hope that's how you feel, that God wants to talk to you. Amen. It may be uh, my voice, but the Lord wants to talk to you today. Amen. And I hope you, you, you get uh, the spirit of the message and the message uh, from the Lord. Praise God. Amen. 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 Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 50. Um, aren't you... Uh, not Mark. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, we get an opportunity. I, I, I listen in on Sunday mornings when we're trying to get our stuff, my Sunday lesson together, and and uh, I'm telling you, it's such a good stuff. Amen. So you, those those lessons are invaluable, and so I'm, I've been encouraged and try to get this uh, what he's been t- teaching into something where it can be in some other people's hands, and so. Uh, but Genesis chapter fifty. Amen. Verse 24 uh, through verse 26. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. And they embalmed him. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Praise God. Praise God. Lay your Bibles down. Amen. Let's ask the Lord for his favor upon this today. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today, God. Jesus, we thank you for your blessing. God, would you anoint the words of my mouth today? Would you anoint my spirit, my heart today? God, anoint my lips to preach this word today, O oh God. Anoint our ears to hear it, Jesus, to receive it into our hearts and to our spirit today. God, let your will be accomplished in this service, oh God. Lord, I pray that we would tune in and tap into the Holy Ghost and what you're desiring for us today. Jesus, I want your will to be accomplished. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh God, not my will, but thy will be done. Hallelujah. God, we need you. We want you in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's worship him for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning if you'll preach with me. Amen. Amen. It, uh, we, so many uh, things, uh, so many things that my mind... Uh, uh, I felt this turn to uh, when in preparation for uh, for this service and, uh, and and some things even for next Sunday, Amen. And uh, I always I think that's worse than having nothing, Amen. When you got three or four things swimming around, Amen. And uh, you're trying to herd cats in your brain, trying to figure out, Amen. What in the world, God, do you want uh, me to preach? And I I do believe that we. 
the Lord has, has settled this in my heart today, amen. And so, uh, the story of Joseph, amen, uh, is so uh, unique and interesting, amen. You look at the life of Joseph, and Joseph uh, was, uh, he was the youngest son um, uh, of Jacob, and became who, which was, name was changed to Israel, amen. He was one of the children of Israel. And, and in that, his, uh, he was, if you go back, I'm not going to teach the full uh, history of Joseph. I want to lay a little bit of groundwork and understand that uh, he was a dreamer, if you remember. And I've preached here, actually, uh, not a whole long time ago. It may have been at a Jubilee service uh, about the dreamers. Amen. What has uh, become of the dreamers. Amen. And uh, we ought to have that attitude within us. But Joseph had a dream. Uh, a couple dreams, and that his his uh, brethren and his mother and father would bow down to him, amen. And uh, ultimately, we understand that that really irritated the brethren, amen, and it really made them upset. And uh, and so they sold him, they were going to kill him, didn't know what to do, sold him uh, into slavery, amen, became a, a servant of Potiphar, amen, Potiphar's wife lied on him, said he tried to come in unto her, and he actually was doing the opposite, trying to leave and get away from her, and uh, was lied upon and, uh, and thrown into prison for doing uh, nothing and trying to be a just man, trying to be a, a pure man. And, uh, and ended up, and uh, the, the servants of uh, Pharaoh uh, were there, and they, uh, he, he interpreted their dreams. And we understand that um, through all of this, Joseph never lost his, his, his dream, amen? He never lost his purpose. Praise God. He never, that drove him. He had something in him that uh, was not tangible that drove him regardless of circumstance, regardless of situation, amen. Up or down, uh, he, he, he had something in the future that, hey, uh, there was a promise, amen, that was, uh, that was given uh, to me. There was, a, there was a dream that was placed within my heart, amen. I know God showed this to me. And so Joseph, amen, even... Uh, even in the prison, even being forgotten, uh, he said, listen, I, I, I've got a purpose and I've got a calling. Amen. If we don't have a purpose for living for God, amen, you're going to struggle living for God. Amen. I'm telling you, you as a person, as a Christian, as a saint in the church, got to get a purpose about you. Amen. Because if I say, hey, let's pray, uh, let's fast, let's worship. If you don't understand or have a purpose for it, amen, there's you're not going to participate with the fervency that you need. Amen. And I'm, this isn't like a self-help kind of a, uh, well, I guess it kind of is, but you know what I'm saying. This isn't like a, a corporate self-help type th- scenario. But you've got to have a, a purpose. You've got to know your why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Amen. Because if you don't have a purpose in the church, amen, it's too easy to, to, to get distracted by the negatives within the church, within your own life. Amen. It's too easy to become negative-minded. Amen. And this is one of the things that I uh, was struggling with. And uh, brother Mike, girls, close your ears because I may preach this afternoon. Amen. But Paul, he admonished, he says, listen, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, and other things that I don't remember off the top of my head, <laughs> but uh, the good things, he said, think on these. He, he, if you go above that, he says, listen, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be trial. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be situations. In essence, 
And he says, but listen, don't, don't think on those things because you have a higher purpose. Your purpose is heaven. Your purpose is souls. Your purpose is accomplishing God's will. And so if you have a calling and a purpose and a, and, and a reason, why? Amen. You'll stop looking at others and going, well, this and that. And, the, and those, hold on. Does that fit into your why? Does that fit into what you're called to do? Amen. Amen. So I'm telling you, I, I, I believe the church, not just this church, but I really believe if the church, amen, as Joseph, and this is not quite in my notes, but I, I feel it today. If the church, if true church of Olathe will get a strong reason why. Oh, come on. If you get a reason why, why do you come to church? Well, come on. Why should you pray? Why, amen, should you fast? Why should you care about holiness? Why should you care about the vision of your pastor? Why? I'm telling you, if you'll start to answer that and start coming up with reasons why and say, hey, that's my purpose, just to fulfill that, why? Amen. In the business world, the why of many people, amen, who start nonprofits, who start businesses, are, you know what? They had a, a life event happen. A child passed away. A wife died of cancer, this or that. And now I wanted this business to succeed because I'm going to donate to cancer research. And, and so every deal they make and every situation, it doesn't matter how the person said, no, I don't care. I got to find someone else that says yes because I want to donate. I want, I want, I want my charity to, 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 to grow and I want cancer to be uh, alleviated because they have a strong sense of why. They have a strong sense of their purpose. Amen. And so when uh, a negative situation comes into their life, it doesn't matter. It, that's going to hinder my purpose. It's going to hinder my reason for living. It's going to hinder why I come. Amen. Why do you play instruments? Uh, musicians? Rubber, meat, and road. <laughs> I talked to you for just a little bit this morning. Amen. Jaheim, why do you play the drums, son? Why do we play music in the church? <laughs> you thought about it? I don't know. <laughs> Brother Regan said we need music. A lot deeper than that. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of reason why we get on, on, the, on the piano and the organ and we sit up and pray sing. If you don't have a purpose to usher in worship... You don't have a purpose of ushering in the Holy Ghost. You're going to dread getting up there and start to sing. That's my night to sing. I got to, I got to sing. I got to play the drum. I got to play the piano. I got, I got to clean the church. Why do we need a clean house of God? Lovest thou me? Olathe, lovest thou me? I'm talking to us this morning. I just want us to think about it. Joseph was a man who endured a lot of bad stuff. Amen. Prison, being accused of things he wasn't accused of, but he didn't let it bother him. <laughs> Hello. Folks lied upon him, but he didn't let it affect the purpose. Amen. He didn't feel the obligation to defend his good name regardless if it destroys the purpose and calling. 
upon his life. He would rather be right with God, amen, than right with man, amen, or justified in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I feel this, is, this was uh, ordained of God for me to... I, I'm talking, get a purpose. And don't let anything distract you from that. As a church, I'm telling you, if you'll get a purpose, amen, come hell or high water, it won't affect the purpose or the calling. Get a why about you. Amen. Well, why do you even hand out church cards? It's not so that you can stand and tell pastor, I've done one a day. That's not the purpose. Amen. The why is because I want someone not to go to hell. And this is one way I could possibly reach somebody. Amen. And maybe get an opportunity to talk to them. I want to talk to somebody about Jesus. That is your why. However that happens, if it's a church card, amen, if it's uh, going to a coffee shop, uh, amen, and buying somebody a cup of coffee when you see them come in, and them say, wow, that's awesome, and you can say, hey, you know what, I just feel like God was going to bring somebody in today, and I felt like it was you. I hope you're blessed. And, and you don't know if you have a why, you'll think of ways to reach somebody and outreach. You don't need a program. We have avenues to accomplish our why. Joseph, Joseph was a uh, man of trouble. Man, he never lost his integrity. He never lost his, his motivation. Never lost his motivation. Everybody left. Didn't affect him. Hello. Other folks... Left him. It didn't affect Joseph's why. He still believed what God promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It didn't affect him whether he was going to march on as well. He didn't give up on the promise in the prison house. It didn't affect him. Amen. Because he had a good grasp on his purpose and his why and his calling. It just motivated him, hey, I'm going to plug on through. I'm going to press on through. And so I want you to understand something. Joseph died. But Joseph was in Egypt. But he lived his whole life expecting this promise, as though this promise was coming to fruition. Amen? It's not like, uh, well, I, I can hold on to the promise for a few days, but boy, if a few weeks we don't see nothing happen, I, I, yeah, you know, that's not good enough for me. I, I, I'm, I'm going to start looking to another land. I, I, I want to go somewhere where something's happening. No, no. Joseph in the prison house said, hey, it's going to happen right here. I'm going to interpret dreams right here if I have to. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to reach out to somebody right here. Listen, he was a, he was reaching out to people in the prison, not having received the promise, not having uh, received the the answer, not having all the. It wasn't in the shout and the dance. It was in the shackles and the chains that Joseph said, "Hey, I've got a why. I can help you. I've got a, I got a way that I can help you. Let me help interpret that dream, and let me help and figure out what's going to happen in your life." And before you know it, he went from the prison to the palace. And in charge of all the land. 
He saw tremendous things. He saw the land, uh, the, the, the dream, Pharaoh's dream of the seven bad years and the seven good years. And uh, he stored up uh, the seven good years, made Egypt his wealthiest land ever, uh, probably on the, at the time, and even to this day, Egypt was one of the wealthiest lands because Joseph, amen, uh, had a why, had a purpose. Everything he touched prospered, amen. And, uh, and so Joseph uh, died. And you understand at this point, Joseph had a very, um, he had a lot of clout in Egypt. He was royalty in Egypt. He was, man, he was the cat's meow in Egypt. Everybody, I don't say worshipped Joseph, but they sure did highly regard Joseph because of what he brought, the, the, the salvation, amen, that he brought. Amen. And he even said, listen, I went through what I went through, told his brothers, not, you know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good because it's to save much people alive. That was his why. Amen. That was his calling and purpose. And, and, and so all of, the, all of the, the credentials at this point that Joseph had in Egypt and with Pharaoh, he said, you know what? He could have had all of the pomp and circumstance of, a, of an amazing, they would have buried him with amazing credentials. They would have buried him, I'm telling you, they would have, they would have for, 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 for a month or more, they, I mean, they would have made a big deal, and he, would have, and he, could, have, he could have died a hero in Egypt. He could, have, he could have died, and, they, and, and the Egyptians, and he could have had a, a big monument erected to him, and, and they could have had a place uh, that was there, amen, uh, excuse me, for, for Joseph forever. But Joseph said, after all of these years, you're talking 14 years of the good years and bad years, you're talking about 11 years from the time he was sold to the time he became you're talking more than 30 years from his original dream. He got something 30 years before, previously, that said, listen, I don't care what happens. He said, when it came time for me to, comes time for me to die, he said, I'm getting ready to get out of here. Don't you dare leave me in Egypt. He said, don't you dare leave me right here. I have a bigger purpose. I didn't do all of this. I haven't put this amount of effort into this just to stay right here in Egypt. He said, I know I haven't put my foot on the promised land that God had given Abraham. I may not have put my foot, amen, upon that promise. He says, but I'm telling you what, I don't want to stay here in Egypt. Even after I die, put me in a coffin, but don't put me in the ground. He said, I don't want to stay here. He said, even in his death, he had a why. Even in his death, he had a purpose. Even in his dying, he knew it's greater than me. It's greater than what I want. It's greater than, oh, what I created on this earth. It's all came back to God and made a promise to my father. He made a promise to my grandfather. He made a promise, amen, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the church is going out more glorious than it came in in the book of Acts. I'm telling you, there is a greater why. There is a greater purpose for the church you got to get a hold of it it's not who gets to sing on Sunday who gets to play the instruments it's not about who's more important than anybody else it's about winning the lost it's about revival Joseph 
He didn't care who got credit. He interpreted the dream and left it in the hands of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh made a call and said, who better than you? I submit it caught him off guard. I don't believe Joseph was intending to say, oh, I'm going to create a a position for myself and a name for myself. I have a feeling he thought he would interpret the dream and he was going back to prison. You ever thought about that? But he cared about saving people more than he did about saving his reputation or his position. I'm telling you, Joseph said, hey, listen, all I got to do, let me tell you, because this will save people. This will keep people from going to hell. This will keep them from dying. And I guarantee you, I just don't believe Joseph came out with the idea that this is my chance to be big time. No, no, that wasn't his purpose. That was never his purpose. That was never his reason. His reason, amen, was a promise that was made. Amen, there's a promised land. There's a promised land. And he wanted his people, he wanted the people of God to make a way. He wanted to somehow make a pathway for others, whether he saw it or not. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So Joseph, Joseph had a purpose. It was very clear. Amen. Save much people alive. That's what he wanted to do. And it didn't affect, he wasn't affected one way or the other. Even all the, all the great grandeur of his life, 14 years living out of the prison house, being the boss, second only to Pharaoh, when it came time to die, he said, he never lost perspective of why God caught me here. He literally said, you know what? He was telling Pharaoh, hey, I, 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 I'm thankful that we saved folks. I'm thankful for all of that we have done. He says, but God has given me a promise. He's given... His people a promise, and I'm going to move forward. I want, I want you to take my bones with you. He, he's, he made with an oath. He said, you guys promise me you're not going to leave me in Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe there is a purpose and a calling. Amen. On the truth church in Olathe. Amen. And I'm telling you today, don't leave that promise in Egypt. Amen. Don't leave that promise, amen, behind you. Hallelujah. Joseph died. He was 110. They embalmed him, put in a coffin in Egypt. So now, now what are the people dealing with? You remember the story, uh, Joseph and the people of God are in Goshen. Jacob is there, his family, all the children of Israel are in Goshen. And, uh, but if you begin down this path, eventually uh, that Pharaoh died that knew not Joseph. And Israel 
All of the children of Israel spend 400 years in Egypt, slavery, bondage. But you understand, Joseph, I don't, we don't, I don't know if you realize, you don't think about it too much. The Bible doesn't really talk about it and make a big deal, but I'm going to try to make a big deal out of it today. Joseph died, they embalmed him, put him in a coffin. Now they had a responsibility for this thing. They've got the bones of Joseph. They're going to deal, have to deal with till they get into the promised land. Amen. In all of the trouble of Pharaoh, the new Pharaoh, in all of the uh, uh, slavery, in all of the years, in all of the time that they had after Joseph's death, amen. You know what? The Bible says that the Lord heard their cry. You know what? I, I got a feeling, amen, that somewhere they had placed this coffin of Joseph, this promise, this dreamer, this purpose. And in the midst of Israel, in some of their darkest days, in some of their darkest times of doubt, in some of their darkest times of confusion, in some of their darkest times of, God, really? It's become to this? It's, it's come to this, Lord? It's really, is this really? What, are, what, what you've called us to? Genera generation after generation of slavery. Really, God? Is that really what the promise was? Is there really a promise to be had? And in those moments, I got a feeling there were some folks that said, hey, son, let's go see, let's go, go back to visit Joseph's coffin. Because you know what? I remember Grandma telling me, Grandpa telling me, Joseph didn't want to be buried here. We're not going to stay here. Let's go back to... Let's go back and visit Joseph's coffin, son. Daughter, there is a promise, and it's right there. We're not putting him in the ground until we get over yonder. We're not putting the bones of Joseph, amen, the promise, in the ground. We're not burying, amen, the bones of the dreamer, of the promise. We're not doing it, son. We're not doing it, daughter. Young people, you can't bury the bones of promise. I'm telling you, there was a generation that came and died that never met Joseph. There was, there was a generation that came and never met the, the generation uh, that came after Joseph. You understand what I'm saying? 400 years, there was this coffin of Joseph. That's it. They, they, they don't know Joseph. I don't remember what he sounded like. I don't remember his voice. I never heard him preach about the promise. I never heard him preach about, uh, about the uh, promised land. I never heard him preach. But somewhere along the line, amen, there was a generation after generation, amen, that, that they would visit. I just got a feeling they put it in a prominent place uh, or a place where they, they went back and said, okay, God, I see the coffin. I see the bones. We're not going to bury, amen, we're not going to bury them here. And generation after generation after generation, amen, had a coffin. Listen, the promise was in a coffin. It was and looked dead. But you know what? I got a feeling that became their purpose. We got to get this promise to where it belongs. The man of God gave us a promise. And the people said, hey, uh -uh, we're not learning until it finds its resting place. We're going to carry that wherever we go. We're taking it with us. 
we're going to leave it there. Amen. I'm telling you, there, amen, some of you may not have been here. Many of you were not here. Amen. Again, I'm, and I, and I say this, I know you've heard it, and it can become cliche if you're not careful. But God has given promises to this church. And you can say, oh, I hear it again, here it goes again. Brother Hilton says it, Brother Regan says it. What in the world are you doing here? If you don't believe it. Does God fail? Does God lie? Or are we carnal wanting a way out? You don't like it. It's the truth. I'm telling you what the Lord, the Holy Ghost told me to say today. I'm telling you. You can say, oh, we've heard it. Look around. Brother Marion, you're retarded. Look at people. There's, there's no, just look. This, we're, this is, there's not revival here. You know what? There may be a coffin. There's bones laying in here. I'm not willing to put to rest until I get to the promised land. There's a place those bones belong, and it's not what we see here. Amen. I'm telling you, I come today to pass you by. Amen. That coffin of bones of promise. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm wanting to remind you. Amen. There's a generation here. Amen. That may not, Sister Reba, Brother Jerry. Amen. That may have been able to hear. Amen. When Joseph, amen, first declared, amen, revival in Olathe. But I'm telling you, Amen. There are uh, there's a spirit of promise that is here. Amen. There's a spirit of promise that is here. Amen. You need to get a hold of the why and the purpose. You need to get a hold of what God is wanting for this church. Amen. I'm telling you, even in his death, Joseph said, listen, I'm not giving up. You make me a promise. You're not going to leave me there. You make me a promise, church. Don't you leave this, uh, uh, my bones. Don't leave my bones in Egypt. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, help me today. After 400 years, God raises up Moses. He raises up a man of God to deliver from bondage out of Egypt. Amen. Again, I'm not going through the whole story. Brings the the ten plagues. Calls calls Moses from the burning bush. And... uh, and, and, and God finally uh, gets Pharaoh to a place where he lets the people of God go. Exodus 13, verse 17 to 20. It came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, uh, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn to the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. So from there they took their journey to Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. As they left Egypt, Moses said, no, we're not leaving these bones. We're not leaving the bones of Joseph. Amen. We made a promise. 
We made a promise. We're carrying these out. We made a promise, and God's making good on His promise. Amen. God gave this promise, amen, to Abraham. But here we are. We're going in the promise. And Moses said, listen, we're taking these bones with us. Amen. We're going to carry these bones. Amen. And you know, I don't know if they moved it around during that 400 years or this or that, but you know what? They had to go out and select some young men probably. Maybe the priest. It doesn't say. But he had to pick somebody to carry his casket. Amen. And there had to be somebody in the congregation. Amen. To step up. And maybe he asked. Maybe he dictated. I don't know. But maybe he said, hey, it's time to go into promise. And you know what? I don't know if someone, some young men, amen, some young, uh, some young person, some, somebody in the congregation said, Moses, 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 hold on. Hey, hey, can I carry? Can I get under this and carry the casket? Not everybody got to carry the casket, you see. But somebody had to carry it. Did he ask? Did he ask, hey, would somebody, I need somebody to come carry the casket? Please, would somebody, okay, who can, who, would anybody be willing to carry the casket? Would anybody help me get the casket out of Egypt, please? Could I get anybody willing to get under the burden with me to get this casket out of Egypt? We made a promise. God's given us a promise. We're going somewhere, church. We're going to a greater place. Would anybody help me get under the burden of the casket of Joseph? Or did he say, oh, hey, we've got we've to make sure, and uh, we're, we're time to get out of here. We've we got to go. God's calling us out of this place. <clears throat> did, were they fighting over position under the casket? No, no, I was here first, huh? I, I get, I get to, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, this is my spot. And Moses, did Moses have to say, hold on a second, we don't have enough for everybody. We don't have enough room for everybody under here. Maybe we take turns, but... I appreciate everybody's willingness to get under the burden of the casket of Joseph. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying today. Because this is, there's a promise. Amen. And it's, it's right here. It's like right there. And, uh, and there's some, what looks like, this, this revival's dead, this gone. No, it's just waiting for someone to get under burden and help carry this burden into the land of promise. Some young people get a burden to pray. Young burden get get a burden for living right. What's wrong with living right? What's wrong with not bickering? What's wrong with not fighting? All the time, the whole time, Joseph ain't going nowhere. Come on, there's a burden that needs to be carried. There's a purpose. Yeah, but that's heavy. That's a lot of work. That's, uh, I wouldn't have time to sit and talk on Facebook to everybody. I wouldn't have time to, to gossip with my friends about who wasn't at church and who talked about me here and who talked about me there. I don't have time to get under burden, Brother Merriman. I'm on social media. I got too much time to bark at each other. I, I won't have, I'm, t- I'm talking honest with you today. Because somebody needs to wake up in this place. 
You may hate my guts after this service. I don't care. I'm delivering a burden from God today. Amen. There is a burden of revival that's not going to come. Amen. Pitting one another against each other on social media and behind closed doors and on the phone and on text messaging. I'm talking today about getting a burden for God and revival and the church. I'm telling you what, God is wanting to do great things. But there is a burden that needs to be picked up by somebody by the church, uh, amen, and say, we're not leaving it where it is, uh, amen. Too many are looking at it going, like, that's a heavy burden. I'd rather walk out the back door than carry that burden. And I ask you, what are you looking for? Easy street? What are you looking for, an easy way out? Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to, uh, God help me, you know I'm not trying to be mean today. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be ornery. I'm telling you, there's revival here. And you have ups and you have downs. You have bad times and you have wicked days and you have hard ways to go. And Joseph, you have people that are going to accuse you. Joseph, you have people that are going to spitefully use you. And Joseph, you're going to have ups and downs. Amen. But God is looking and saying, in with somebody in the church, would you say, hey, even if I die... Ah, uh, don't leave my bones here. Don't leave the revival where it's at. Amen. God's already, he's, he's ready to take us. He's ready to go. But I'm telling you, I'm not talking and preaching. Bishop knows this. I'm not preaching against social media. When you spend too much time watching movies on YouTube, I look. I, don't, I go to YouTube to try and figure out how to change a tire or something goofy like that, Brother Jerry. If it wasn't for that, I'd be broke trying to ask people to fix my car. How important is it? How important is revival? How important is it? Amen. Amen. It's too many... Too much. Well, is this the line? Or how close is it? What's not or what is? I'm telling you, if you're gossiping, you're, you're, you're causing problems. I don't care what church you're in. I don't care where you're at. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, you got ought against your brother, you're not gonna have revival. You get some things right. We can't have revival. Mad at one another. This isn't like brain surgery here. This is basic rubber meets the road kind of stuff. There is a burden that needs to be picked up. There's a burden of revival that, that there, there needs to be someone say, listen, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to get out. I'm going to step away from this argument. I'm going to help pastor carry this burden. Amen. Because I'm going to go to bed a little early and get off YouTube and wake up so I can pray with pastor. That's when it becomes wrong. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen. You, you, you get it? <laughs> Amen. There's a burden. There's a Joseph. Amen. That's here. Amen. There is a Joseph. Amen, that God is saying, a man of God is saying, listen, it's time to go. God's called us out, it's time to go. Amen. And, and I, somebody had to get under the casket, carry the bones out of Egypt. So Moses carries and gets folks carrying Joseph. Again, I'm, I don't want to take too long, but. Let me finish. How about that? Praise God. 
So Moses, the children of Israel, come to Egypt or come to uh, the land of promise. Ten spies say we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb say we can. Shortened, condensed version is they get 40 years they got to wander in the wilderness. 40 years they're going to wander in the wilderness. And you know what? I bet you there's some folks that were holding up this casket just went. I didn't realize it was going to be this long. I just was going to bring it from Egypt. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I can do this for 40 years. Mindset of humanity doesn't change a whole lot. That's why at boot camp, when you do push-ups and push-ups until your arms are going to fall off, that's why they keep screaming at yelling in your ear because you can do more than you realize. Hallelujah. Like, I'm done. No, you're not. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I can actually squeak out a few more. Sorry, sir. How stupid of me. I'm like, you need to, you got more, do more. Yeah, you're right. Silly of me. And I'm, I'm kind of like that. I feel like kind of that, come on, you can do more. Listen, we're, 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 let's don't 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 leave the post. Don't stop carrying the burden. Amen. You know what? They had a lot of people had to die in that wilderness. Amen. But there still was some folks under the burden, carrying that that weight of those bones. Listen, the church will go through tough times. The church will have bad experiences. In Israel, they had some bad times. Or in the, in the wilderness, they had some very dry places. Had some very troubled places. And literally, they had to trust in God daily for their food, for manna. And, and, and there came points where there was no water. And, and instantly, the mindset of humanity said, fine, I'm going back. I, you know what, this is too much. I'm going back to it. And that's, that's the mindset of people. Doesn't change. Today, when times get tough, when it looks like we're the only ones carrying the burden, when it looks like you're the only one that's do, and, and, and no one else is pulling the weight, and all the, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it, your mind gets frustrated. If I'm not doing this, if the, and you start looking, did you lose the purpose of what you're doing this for? Have you lost your purpose for living? Where are you headed? We're headed to the promised land, remember? Yeah, you're right. You're right. We promised Joseph. <laughs> We promised Joseph we weren't going to leave him here. We promised Joseph, amen, that we were going to carry him, amen, on into the promised land. Amen. I, I, I don't have, I, I, I've got to trust God. If I fall under the, and buckle under the pressure, I've got to believe God's going to raise me up, uh, amen, or somebody else carry me into promise. Uh, but I'm not going back. Uh, I'm not walking away. And so they came into the land of promise. Moses died. Joseph or Joshua. Joshua became the overseer, if you will. And there was a, uh, and he led the children of Israel into around Jericho, Battle of Ai, and on and on and on. They fought Hebron, and just it, it goes on. And Joshua led the people of God into the Promised Land, and they begin to fight and conquer and 
and work, all the while carrying this coffin. You can realize this. They're still carrying this coffin. They're still carrying Joseph. There's still somebody underneath that burden. Amen. There's still somebody that says it's worth it. It's worth the burden to see revival. Amen. And so, Joshua, Joshua dies, and uh, the land has been conquered. There's still more land, he says. There's still more land to be had. But they're in the land of promise, where God had given them promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They're now in the land in which Joseph said, don't bury me till we're in that land. And in Joshua 24, verse 31 to 32, says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem in a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And you know, when Israel entered into the promised land, the Lord gave them a warning. And he said, listen, you know, you're going you're gonna to occupy homes you never built. You're going to reap harvests you never planted. You're, you're going to have things that you didn't work for. And he said, what you've got to be careful with is if you don't watch it, your prosperity, your, 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 your wealth, your, uh, you're going to forget me. That's what the Lord said. The Lord told him, warned them and said, listen, if you... If you get in and you start more, be more concerned about your job and how much money you're making, the house you live in, the car you drive in, you're going to get more concerned with those things than you are. You're, you're, be careful because your wealth and prosperity will lead you to, to, to forget me in this land. Amen. There was a warning that was there. But you've got to understand that there was more to it, I believe, than just that. Because... Throughout all these generations and throughout all of these years, there was one constant, amen. There was one constant within the midst of the children of Israel, amen, is there were, uh, there were bones of a man, amen, that had said, hey, we're going to a place of promise, and don't bury me until we get into that land. And I believe they had a purpose, and I believe that, that many days they could look to that and say, hey, we've we, we got to get to that place, and that was the end of it. And they got to that place, and they buried Joseph. And I have somewhat of a feeling that there was some relief to the people because they didn't have to worry about carrying this anymore. They didn't have to worry about, hey, whose turn is it today to carry the casket? Who? I believe that the bones had ultimately of Joseph had become a burden to the people. Amen. 
those bones. I mean, it's human nature that if you don't understand really what you're doing or why you're doing it, every day that becomes a burden to carry this casket. And I believe that the promise and the desire of Joseph, Joseph's passion when he made the statement, bury me in, in Canaan. Don't leave me here. Bury me. Don't bury me in Egypt. Bury me in Canaan. That passion, that drive, that why was never transferred. Really transferred to the people. Generation after generation, they understood, oh yeah, Joseph doesn't want to be buried. In, and and we've we got to carry the promise. We've got to carry the burden of, of the man of God today. All right, yeah, we, yeah, no, no, we got to do this because it's the, it's the burden of the man of God. It's, it's the burden, it's his burden, it's the burden, it's the burden that we got to carry. It's his burden we got to carry. And, and, and I believe when they finally got to a place where they could lay down that burden, I believe that's when they really lost it out, lost out with God. Because you understand, they were glad, I believe, the day they could bury those bones. I believe they got, I believe they had a celebration, rightfully so. But hey, we've arrived, it's done, we don't have to carry this burden anymore. And they, they put Joseph to rest, and their focus now, they had no purpose because there was no bones crying out to them, don't leave me in Egypt. They didn't have bones crying out from a coffin that said, hey, we need to pray. They didn't have bones crying out from a coffin that said, hey, don't give up, keep walking. There's a promise of revival that's ahead of us. Hey, there's a promise. Amen. And, 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 and that promise, many times I have a feeling that as mom and dad were trying to express this, that children didn't know and they're just like, I'm just tired of caring. I'm tired of hearing about this. I'm, I, I just want to relax. I just, I just want to put down the burden. I believe when they buried the bones and the promise of the man of God, it sealed their fate. I believe it did. I believe that was the beginning of the end for them. Hallelujah. Joseph, he was buried at Shechem. Amen. He was buried at Shechem. Very significant. Amen. But understand... Amen. More than anything, this has to be more than Joseph's bones crying out for revival. And I speak this again from what I feel in my heart today. That there is, in the last days, the church has revival before it. But even more than that, I do, I honestly believe that Olathe has revival before it. And you may think, you are an ignorant fool. Look at, look at those who are leaving. Look at those who missed. Look at all of the next. Yeah, what, what would a Joseph do? What, what did he do in, in the situation? Found in prison. Well, he got a broom, went to work, sweeping. He tried to help others, tried to work together, and tried to make it. And, and, and when times got tough, he, did, he, he didn't say, well, it must not be the right place for me. God's will this is really not it. No, he looked around and said, hey, I see a city. I'm looking for a city. Amen. I'm looking for a greater place. I'm looking for a revival. Amen. I'm looking for a revival. I'm passing along today. Amen. 
Amen. The cry of the bones of Joseph. Amen. But I'm telling you, amen. If you allow and say, hey, listen, I'm just kind of tired of hearing about that revival. I'm just kind of tired of hearing about the promise. Kind of tired of hearing about all of that. As soon as you bury that, you'll seal your fate with God. Because you'll lose your why. You'll lose your purpose. You'll become a wanderer. You'll become a uh, you'll, you'll become a, a wanderer in the world and from, from, from church to church and place to place. And, and you'll never find a settled, amen, place in the Spirit. Amen. If you'll ever lose, amen, that purpose. Amen. Because I'm telling you, God has a purpose and a call. Amen. And there are bones crying out, amen, from, uh, from our elder, from Bishop Riggin, amen, that have come forth and said, listen, don't bury, amen, this in Egypt. Don't bury this in this situation because there's a promised land that is just ahead of us. Amen. There is a place, amen, that is, that, that is, uh, uh, that is greater than this. Uh, amen. Don't, don't, don't work for what you're seeing. Work for what you're going to see and what's going to take place. Amen. They buried Joseph in Shechem. Amen. But listen, you've got to understand there was a significance. Why did they bury him in Shechem? Amen. Genesis chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Abram. Talking about Abraham passed through the land under the place of Sychem or Shechem, under the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. This was his entrance. This was Abraham's entrance. God was showing him a land. God was showing Abraham, amen, all those years before, hey, I, I want to take him. He brought him to Shechem. And the Lord, in verse 7, appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. When they had to decide where are we going to bury. Amen. Joseph. Where are we going to bury his bones. They, they, I, I believe they went to that place. Uh, amen. Uh, and said hey. Let's go back to that place where God promised. Amen. A, a, a revival. Let's go back to that place. Amen. Where it all began. Let's go back to that spot. Uh, amen. And build an altar. Let's go back to that spot uh, where Abraham, uh, he built an altar. Uh, and it all began from there. Uh, it was that experience and that opportunity, amen, that many times I believe Joseph uh, went back to and said, God, you showed up uh, to Abraham in Shechem, uh, and you promised him this land. Uh, amen. I'm telling you today, uh, I believe uh, if we're going to get uh, that desire uh, and that purpose uh, and that burden, uh, amen, we're going to have to go back uh, to Shechem. Uh, amen. We're going to have to go back uh, to that that altar, amen, where God first gave the promise. We're going to have to go back to that place on our knees in prayer, amen, and we're going to have to find and get to the reason why God give me a personal Shechem, a personal opportunity to commune with you, amen. I'm appreciative, amen, of the generational storytelling. I'm appreciative of those stories passed down, amen, of the elders. I'm appreciative of the revivals that once were, amen, but I'm telling you, when in the church, uh, amen, will get to a place uh, where somebody will get under that burden and say, hey, uh, where are you going? I'm going to Shechem. It's early. Uh, don't you have to work? And, and aren't you tired? Yeah, but uh, i got to get to Shechem. I've got to get to the place uh, where I get my own burden, uh, where I can carry my burden. It's not just a story. It's not just a, a what was. It's not just a pastor's burden. It's not just a, a burden of a minister that's come along. Amen. And, and this promotion a revival and inspired 
a church to tear down a, a sign. Because they believed in that moment. But I want us, I believe if we can get to a place at an altar, amen, of prayer on our own that says, you know what? I'm not even going to erect for sale sign. I had, a, I had a prayer meeting this morning. may not look like it around here. I'm not burying these bones in a dry place. Hallelujah. You care enough about it? You ask yourself, what matters to you? Does revival matter to you? Or complaining for the lack thereof matter to you? Because complaining about it will not lead you to prayer. Amen. Recognition of the situation is necessary. Recognition of where we are is kind of important. Amen. Because Joseph had to realize, he said, listen, I don't want to stay in Egypt. This isn't my land. This isn't where we belong. Amen. When the church says, hey, this isn't where we belong as a church. This is the church of the living God. We belong in a, in a, in a, a hot uh, red fire uh, altar service. That's where we belong. He says, I, I'm not staying here. I don't care how many days and miles I got to walk, how many prayers I got to pray, but every single one of us need to get to, to a personal shechem in your life where you say, you know what? I'm going back to the altar where God gave the promise. Amen. I wasn't here 20, 25 years ago, 23 years ago. Amen. But I'm telling you what, if You'll find an altar, amen, in the house of God. God will come and visit you, amen, and give you a promise and fulfill it in you, amen, where you say, hey, I have a bad day. It was a bad, it was a bad experience. It was a rough patch. It was a rough time. But it's not going to change the fact that I'm going to keep marching into my promised land. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm about to close here. Amen. And all the church says, Hallelujah. I hope I'm helping somebody today. I really do. I really think there's a I think there's a church here. It says, you know. I'm going to go find my Shechem. You know, Brother Merriman, I'm going to go find my, my burden. I, I don't think I'm going to have to say, okay, who's going to fast this week? Who's going to pray? I think there's some folks here today that are just going to take this to heart. And you're going to find an altar and say, God, let me hear the voice of that promise cry out to me. Hallelujah. Get me out of the mess I'm in. I'll give you five bucks. Maybe ten. Praise God. Church, I hope you understand what I'm saying today. If you're walking away from this saying that I'm beating up on you, that I'm belittling you, that I'm... No, I'm trying to shake some folks awake. And there's a spirit in this last age, in this last day, that's trying to destroy the last hopes of revival. When in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. His spirit's been poured out upon all flesh, and it's never been his desire, amen, to shut the rivers of revival off. Amen. It's the church that's got to come alive. 
it's the church that's got to get under a burden. Amen. I've done some and have been doing some study on uh, the kind of the uh, early revivals of the 1900s. I know some of you have as well, but the thing that really, really sticks out in my mind was it was really just some people who got under a burden. We're not really sure why. Just more power, more of the more healing and anointing. And they, they look back at Acts chapter in well, the book of Acts and said, "We want that. We want that." And they begin to pray and seek God and fast and, 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 and repent and seek God. And they begin to come together one with another. And, and there was a spirit of, uh, of, of burden that they just got under for revival. If we can get under that type of burden, amen. Carry the bones of Joseph. And that's good and that's great. I think it's great that we can carry the burden of our pastor. I hope my church carries my burden. I really do. I believe Brother Mike, my girls, the, the people I pastor, I believe they, they carry the burden that I have. I'll hear them talk about it and, and, and talk about people. And, and you can, I can tell they're, they're, they're repeating back things that I've said and we see come to fruition. And I, I hear it. I, and, I, and I thank God for that. I, I believe that it's important that we carry, carry the bones that promise we will but if that's all we ever get all we'll ever do is look forward to the day we can bury those bones it's just please let's get to a place where you have to you can stop talking about coming to prayer and, and, and stop having to expect so much out of me and stop this I, I'm just kind of kind of tired pastor I'm just kind of tired carrying your promise because that's what will happen if we don't ever get to an altar at Shechem. Say, God, I want you to give me a promise. I want to hear you. I, I want to hear it from you. I want to hear your voice. And somebody get under a burden enough, amen, that you're willing to get under that burden of prayer. Amen. Because there's revival in Olathe. There is a revival that is here. Amen. I'm encouraging. Don't look around at all the problems and all the struggles and all the troubles. Situational awareness is okay. You got to understand that. You got to understand, hey, we look around, okay, that's fine. But there's a promise here. It's not going to stir me and turn me away from my prayers. It's not going to keep me home. It's not going to keep me from participating. It's not going to keep me if, even if I come out of prison for one moment, amen, and, and I help some people, and I go right back to my prison cell, I'm going to do it. That's fine, because you know what? God made, made a promise. God made a promise. God made a promise. Hallelujah. When you have a promise, amen, it, it's going to be, a, uh, it'll change the way you worship. It'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way Amen. You come into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. 
Amen. You'll, you'll care about that person. You'll love your enemies. Amen. You'll, uh, those that despitely, despitefully use you, you'll turn the other cheek. I'm telling you, when you get under a burden for what I'm talking about today, and you'll have a, a voice of God in your ear that says, hey, I'm promising you, if you'll stick with it, if you'll hang with it, amen, you're going to see revival. You're going to participate in revival. There's a promise for you. Amen. And you're going to get into promise. Amen. And you're not going to, and it's going to be, you're not going to have to uh, wish away somebody else's. Man, your burdens, uh, your, your, your promise is kind of putting a load on my back. Oh, hallelujah. Do you understand? And this is, this is where I want to end. Shechem was a significant place in John chapter 4 we read about Jesus and uh, the Samaritan woman verse 4 he said he, verse John 4 and 4 he said he must need to go through Samaria had to go to Samaria Jesus had a purpose something will happen in Samaria Where? Where's it going to happen? Where, wh- why do you have to go to Samaria? Verse 5 says, He cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, or Shechem. He said, I'm going to bring you right back where this all began. This wasn't about, this wasn't about you occupying houses that you didn't build. This wasn't about you occupying a land flowing with milk and honey. Jesus came full circle. Amen. He said, listen, what I promised Abraham at Shechem, let me explain what I was talking about. He said, I could save somebody anywhere and I could really make my point. He says, but I want you to understand, I'm going back to Shechem to a well where there's a woman that I'm going to save. He said, I have one reason for living. One purpose for coming to church. I have one purpose, Brother Scott, for praying. I have one purpose for fasting. I have one purpose for reading my Bible. I have one purpose for handing out some church cards. One purpose for talking to people about God. One purpose for coming into the house of the Lord. One purpose. Jesus said, there's one purpose that I've come for. i got to go to a city called Shechem. Because there's somebody that needs to be saved. That is your purpose today, church. If you can get under that burden and purpose that everything we do, everything we're called to do, I'm up here singing songs not because it's my night to sing and I have to sing, no one else will do it. And man, you know, I feel like I'm the only one. You've missed your purpose. Somebody needs to hear the voice of a singer that's been in a Shechem of prayer. God, tonight, would you save somebody? Lord, would you bring somebody into the house tonight? Jesus, would you anoint my voice tonight? Jesus.
Jesus, I'm thankful I get to come and sing unto you a new song. I'm thankful you put in my heart a song of praise. Because somebody, I pray, would feel the anointing that's coming through the songs. Somebody would feel the glory of your presence as I sing. God, I'm not anything. But Lord, I want to meet you at Shechem before service tonight. I'm going to meet you at Shechem in the morning so that maybe somehow tomorrow I'm going to meet somebody that I can talk to. And it's early in the morning. I'm tired. I got this to do. What's your why? What is your purpose? Hallelujah. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. Let's stand as I close here today. Jesus cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, called Shechem, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob, that Jacob, put that, put that up there if you can, Jerome. I want you to understand this. The connection, the connection he says, I gotta go to this place. I've got to go to this place. John chapter 4, verse 5. He said, He cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar or Shechem. Near to the parcel, I don't think this is by accident that the Bible clarifies this for us. He says, Jesus, could it possibly be that Jesus couldn't get away from his promise? Could it possibly be that Jesus was going, hey, I promised this to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. He could have gone anywhere else. He says, but you know what? I made a promise in Shechem at an altar with Abraham. And Joseph said, listen, don't you dare bury me here. Take me into that place. That significant place. Not just anywhere. They didn't just bury him anywhere. They said, you know what? What better fitting place than to bury him in this land? God that promised and gave promise to Abraham robed in flesh came walking to a place that he had been and visited before I have a feeling Jesus was excited about going to Shiko. I have a feeling Jesus was, he was anxious to get there. I can't wait because there's an expectancy at Shikar. I got to go. There's a, there are bones of a man in that city. There's bones of a promise. There's, there's a hope that is in that city. Amen. And he came, amen, to the parcel of ground that 
Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And there was a woman that Jesus sat down and talked with, conversed with, had a relationship with. She went in, left him, and went into town. told everybody what well, there's gossips in Shechem I, I, there's, there's backbiters in Shechem they talked about me on social media at Shechem she said at Shechem there's a man at a well. And if you're thirsty, are you catching up or hurting at all today? There's a man at Shechem. There's a man at Truth Church in Olathe that if you'll go, come with me, I'll, I'll take you there. Come with me to that altar. And the one that told me everything that I did, he'll give you a drink and you'll never be thirsty again. Amen. And the whole city come out to talk to Jesus. <laughs> oh, at that place. Uh, amen. Uh, amen. Where the promise was crying out. Uh, oh, hallelujah. Come on, church, today. Amen. I invite you. Hallelujah. God is inviting you. Amen. To a place where you can pick up a burden of prayer. Get a hold of a reason why you're even here. Oh, you don't understand the past I've had, Brother Mary. You don't understand the hurts that I've had. You don't understand how it done been done wrong. You don't understand. I'm justified in my attitude. I'm justified in my spirit. I'm justified. I don't need an altar. Everybody else needs an altar. No, I'm telling you today, Joseph, uh, he wasn't complaining uh, about Potiphar. He wasn't complaining, uh, amen, about those that forgot him in the prison house. Uh, amen. He just said this, uh, hey, I remember a promise uh, that was given, uh, and I don't care what you do, uh, but don't leave me here. Uh, I've got to go beyond the grave. I've got to go, amen, bury me beyond in the land of promise. Hallelujah. Today. Hallelujah. Am I saying things are going to flip a switch? Tomorrow the sun is going to shine and everything is going to be rosy. No. We're human beings. They wandered 40 years in the wilderness, spent 400 years in Egypt and as slaves. But they never buried those bones. They never said, uh, I give up. So today, if you're at a place I just give up, I encourage you today. No, let's take another walk by that promise. There's a cry from God that says, hey, no, no, I still the promise is alive. The promise is there. Amen. The promise is there. Amen. Somebody help carry this burden to fruition. Somebody help carry. Amen. If you care 
enough to pray for this burden. If you care enough to see revival and stop complaining about problems, amen, I invite you to come. Amen. There's a burden at the altar, amen, that God said, hey, who's willing to carry? Who's willing to take some time, amen, and carry this burden? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, don't be afraid of the altar. Oh, don't be afraid of a place of brokenness. Don't be afraid to come. Don't come and stand at a distance thinking you're really accomplishing anything. No, you got to get to a place where you're broken. Where you really feel the weight of what's going on around here. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Come on, those that are willing to pray. Those that are going to carry the burden, pray. Oh, hallelujah. Don't let it stop it today. But you're going to have to bring it into the house tonight. You're going to have to bring it into pre-service prayer because you got yourself underneath it and you can't get away from it. Oh, come on, the cry. Come on, make Jesus. Make Jesus say, I've got to come by Olathe tonight. I must come by Olathe tonight. I got to come by Tuesday night. Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Oh, pick it up. Pick up that burden. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Get a personal altar. Get beyond. This is just Brother Riggins' truth conference coming up this fall. Get beyond that. No, no, no. This is God's promise. This is God's calling. Because there are souls that need saved. Come on, get a burden for souls. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Get it in your mind. See it. You need to see the revival. You need to see it in your spirit. Hallelujah. Not just what you see in the flesh. Come on, pray till you see it. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on. God sent me with a burden to deliver to the church today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Get a hold of it. 